1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for Ask the Expert, North Texas. I'm Kristen Diaz. I'm David
1: Rankin. It's a crime that has just literally shocked the community of Cleveland, Texas. What happens when a guy is firing off an assault-style rifle in his backyard and the next-door neighbor comes over and says, could you please tone it down? My child is trying to sleep. The guy comes over to his house. The police say shoots the entire family. On today's Ask the Expert, we're joined by Dr. Alex Del Carmen. He's a criminology professor at Tarleton State. He is in the KRLD Zoom room. Uh, Dr. Del Carmen, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for having me, David. When you heard about this crime in Cleveland, Texas, what's your first thought that came up?
2: You know, unfortunately, I wasn't surprised, right? Because of the fact that we've seen so many of these crimes uh, take place in the past few weeks where Individual homeowners are taking the law and really uh, abusing it, right? And this, in some, in, to some extent, not even understanding it uh, fully. And, uh, and for the sake of, quote unquote, being protected, they're actually engaging in lethal force, which obviously results in the death of innocent people. It's very sad, but it also is a measure of the times in which we live right now.
0: How do we get gun owners to be more educated on the law? Uh, What's the process there? We just assume that people know their rights and know what the law is.
2: You know, that's a really good question, Kristen. And I think that what we've seen across the United States in the past few years, particularly since the pandemic, is people in general have been acquiring guns because they feel unsafe, right? They feel that somehow crime is is blowing up, uh, which we know it's increasing. And they also feel that what happened in New York City yesterday or the day before, it's going to happen in rural Texas today because social media simply sends that message right away. So as a result of that, we know and we've studied this enough to know that fear drives people to do certain things. Right. And one of the things that that it drives people to do is acquire guns. But to your question and to your point, one of the hard things to do is we don't communicate to them what exactly are the responsibilities and the do's and don'ts once they have that gun, right? Um, and, and it's really bizarre that we do that with cars, like we we give people licenses to drive a car and then we also put them through a test. Um, you know, but, but you can go, if you have a relatively clean background, you can go at the age of 21 and above, go anywhere and buy a weapon, and in some cases, 18 and above, and, uh, and, and buy a gun and have absolutely no idea what the, lo- what the rules, the laws, and the, and, the, and the do's and don'ts are of owning that weapon. That is just bizarre.
1: This is not an issue of stand your ground either, because if the gentleman next door, the accused shooter, is worrying about his property, the only thing the other guy did was come over and say, would you please stop? And then he left the property to go back home.
2: Right, and so that goes to show you that everyone out there that has a dog barking, you know, next door or somebody that has music that's really loud past 10 o'clock at night, you better be careful because you have absolutely no idea how that person is going to respond, right? And so, you know, what is to do is call, you know, law enforcement and and let them handle it, right? Or if you have an HOA, let, let them handle it. But but clearly what we see here is that that people are acting irrationally for things that would have otherwise been normative in our society. Somebody telling somebody, hey, can you please, uh, you know, not shoot in the backyard because, you know, we have kids that are asleep and, you know, those bullets have to come down somewhere at some point. Um, And unfortunately, this guy just basically decided that that was the ignition to his violent trend. And then he ended up killing five people. And, you know, it breaks my heart for the families. It breaks my heart for that dad that was crying and sobbing, you know, in the news yesterday. But it also is a very, very scary thing for the rest of us in Texas to realize that people are at that emotional state right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I live in the inner city where there's gunshots every other night. And I it got you look on you know, apps like next door and people are saying, did you hear that? Did you hear that? How many rounds did you hear? You know, um, and it gets to a point where it's like it's almost you get desensitized to it or you just don't even know whether or not you're going to get any response from law enforcement anymore because they're so overwhelmed with calls like this.
2: Yeah, you know, as you guys may know, I've, I've trained all the chiefs of police in, in Texas, you know, since 2001. And I work very closely with law enforcement and talking to a couple of chiefs you know in texas just over the weekend they were telling me that the response time is between 8 and 15 minutes in some of these cities and so which is for, for by the way uh you know the the critical calls right not, not necessarily calls to do a report but but uh you know and, and it's really alarming to me that we see a decline of individuals that are interested in joining law enforcement we now have police academies that are one-third field uh, we have police departments that are lowering their standards We have the economy, which is shifting and in very soft ground. We have the post-pandemic labor market, which is very, very, very fragile right now. And then we have people that are simply, their their fuse is very, very short on just about anything. And if you don't believe me, get on a flight anywhere, right? Or get on a bus somewhere or get in a taxi somewhere where you have to share that time with somebody and you just never know how that person is going to react to very basic conversations that you can have with another human being
1: let's still go to the investigation for just a second the fbi and local police are saying that they literally have no clues as to where this guy is how much of that is true and how much of it is they cannot divulge what they do know so as to possibly spook the guy into running again
2: it's a little bit of both uh david I i think that they probably have some clues but I but I bet you that the clues that they have are not where they want to be right now at this point in the investigation. So you got to look at it as we criminologists look at this, right? So you've got a bad guy who fled the scene, he's armed, he's already taken five lives. And so by virtue of that, we can pretty much predict that wherever this guy goes, he's going to continue on that killing spree if given the opportunity and given a reason to kill. So so that's why we call him very dangerous. Now, the bad part about this investigation, from what I know. Is the fact that the FBI found his cell phone, and typically when bad guys take their cell phones with them, we are able to ping or use the towers to be able to, you know, geospatially localize as to where he is and be able to track him down, right? Number two is this guy is somebody that can blend in pretty much anywhere, and Houston is close enough to the border where he can easily have crossed that border already into Mexico and get lost in Mexico with contacts that he he may have now. We have the best law enforcement in the world, and Texas law enforcement is amazing in, in the things that, that we do. I think that, you know, we're not perfect, but I but I often argue that it is among the best of the best. I have no doubt that the Bureau is on him like crazy, but I do believe that the evidence is not where it needs to be and that people are not – people are afraid. They're probably afraid of calling if somebody looks like him because they're going to be accused of racial profiling, and in some other cases, they're afraid of calling because they, they don't want to be in the middle of it. You know, this guy is highly violent, right? Um, So there may be a little bit of both.
0: And can we talk about also just um, one of the leading cause of deaths for kids is gunfire. You know, and that we have kids that were killed in this instance. I mean, uh, whether they were um, targeted or just bystanders or just an effect of this man's rage, whatever you want to call it, we continue to lose our kids to... Um, guns. Is, is there? How how does law enforcement feel right now? As you say, you work with a lot of the different chiefs. How is that battle for them right now? What are they doing to change that?
2: you know it's a really good question but it's a policy related question more so than an enforcement question right law enforcement is limited as to what they can do and you know we they they do they have programs in the community where they make people aware of having a gun and leaving it in a place that is safe and they give out locks you know for people to use with with their own guns but but in, but at the same time Kristen part of the problem is is that you know at some point in the past 10 to 15 years you know, criminals have lost, quote unquote, respect for children and for for the elderly. And and if you really think about the criminal mind in the past 25, 30 years, we've had horrible crimes, but for the most part, there's been sort of these unofficial rules, right? That criminals used to not harm little kids. Criminals would not go after elderly people. Um, and so even the mafia used to have rules, you know, when it comes to who, who got hit and who did not. Now what we're seeing is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your age it doesn't matter where you are they could get you a church school pre-k um you know a place of work place of worship it doesn't matter where if you have the person that is there armed with the wrong motives they're going to take out anybody and so so i think what that does for the law enforcement community is it really really increases the vulnerability but also the level of awareness and that i as a criminologist for instance have when When I go somewhere and I see little kids walking around, it's no longer a safe place to be. What is
1: it about 2023 that has turned into the land of mass shootings? Yesterday alone, our country had eight of them. where At least four people are injured. This doesn't even include the shooting in Texas. And we're well over 170 of them so far this year.
2: Uh, it's funny you asked that, David, because I, I belong to an entity at Tarleton State. We founded this institute about three years ago, which is called IPAC. IPAC is the Institute for Predictive Analytics and Criminal Justice, and we actually wrote a pretty comprehensive report on mass shootings, and also specifically school shootings. And what we found is over the since 1966 all the way up to 2022, what we found is that there are patterns that we just simply are not good at tracking, but you know, there's there's entities that do track it, and we were able to analyze it, and what we see is that 2023 seems to almost be the culmination year of a lot of these things that we've seen sort of evolve, you know, very slowly. Now, the bigger question for me as a criminologist is, is it the last year of these sort of explosive instances, or is this really the beginning of the new normal, which is really in itself very alarming, Uh, Because 2023 in comparison to how we're going to look back at 2023 in 2025, hopefully this is not the case, but it may very well be one of the most peaceful years we've had in comparison to 2025.
0: Wow. Wow. That's absolutely frightening. Yeah, absolutely it is. And, you know, more and more people are buying guns. Um, We talk about, you know, the laws and, and knowing what you should and shouldn't do. But, you know, also with law enforcement, I mean anybody could be carrying now at this point Um, does that help or hurt them with certain situations what does the studies show about that yeah so
2: so you know it's been politicized right Kristen I mean I'm not I always tell people I'm not a politician I'm a criminologist I look at science I look at data and I've been doing this for a quarter of a century so I can tell you that it depends on who you ask right the the argument that one some, some folks make is that if you have guns and you have access to guns you're able to protect your family whenever cops, you know, cannot show up at the doorstep. Now, I I believe that wholeheartedly. And I and I, just, just for whatever, for full disclosure, I am a huge believer of the Second Amendment. But I do believe that that Second Amendment has to be carried out with responsibility. We can't just give ARs, you know, to people that are 18 years old and are going to parade down the street with the AR because we have a Second Amendment. We have to train people to use guns. We have to make sure they use it at the right time in the right place. But I will tell you also that The more these events happen, the more media coverage that they have, the more people are going to go out there and buy guns. That's going to happen, period.
1: Dr. Alex Del Carmen is criminologist at Tarleton State. Dr. Del Carmen is always informative to talk to you.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.